Hello? Hello! Oh, hey there. Hi. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, what do you mean by well? Uh, I just mean better than you. Mm-hmm. I feel like I sound great. I'm full of energy. Mm, are you, though? On the outside. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. It's been so long. It's been a little while, yeah. Have we really only recorded one episode since I came back from Canada? Uh, that's possible. Uh, we recorded the one at the end of February that we released in mid-March, and then I think we have only done one since. Yeah, it's because we're both very uh, busy and important people. I think it's because you have a family and I'm depressed. Or it could be that too. It's hard to say. You... Uh, hold on, hold on. Are you actually depressed? Is that a... Do you want to talk about that? Am I depressed? I mean, I know you're depressed. Are you more depressed now than like your 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 base level of depression? Uh, my base level before my whole family died? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm still more depressed than then. I think my uh, my natural grief has now, has now been going on for long enough that one could maybe uh, could maybe classify it as um, a depression of sorts. Right. Mm. I think there's a, there's a rule of thumb. I think when you break up in a relationship, your grief period should be half the duration of the relationship. Oh, that's good. And, that, and that's just for someone that you're dating. That's not even for like, you know, blood relatives. Right. So I think, I think that minimum you should be grieving for, you know, 20 years. Yeah. I've never dated anybody in my family. Um, no, you haven't, as far as you know. Right. So for 20 years. Okay. Well, I'm uh, <clears throat> 18 months into it. Should we wait to record <laughs> the next episode until after you're done? Oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Maybe it would be better. Russell and John tell stories. Russell and John tell lies. They use their mouths and they use their ears and usually no Does my voice sound husky? I would never describe your voice as husky. Uh, does my voice sound slightly lower than it does normally? It does to no, me. No, I'd say it sounds minty. Oh, I went to a soccer game last night and... Did you get hit in the throat with a ball? <laughs> yeah. No, I must uh, have, have been singing in my, my joyful way. And this is the first time that I've spoken a morning because I got up and I have not talked to anyone until... Uh, this call. You, you didn't speak to your wife this morning? Um, I think I said, good morning, how are you? <laughs> and she said, yes, good. Mm. She, didn't, she didn't inquire about how you're doing? Right. Well, um, as you know from the podcast Liars uh, that I'm on. <laughs> I love that podcast. Um, I have the ritual of a slow morning where um, I get up and I... Don't bother to talk to your wife? <laughs> right. I... I sit quietly um, in a chair for a while. So I actually get up before Lucy by a few minutes, but then she has to dash out of the door because she starts work early. Got it, got it. What time What time did you wake up? I got up, I normally get up at 6. I think I got up at like 5.45 today. That's what time I woke up today. We could have recorded then. What? Yeah. OMGs. How many inquiries have you gotten from listeners about where the hell is the next episode of, of this podcast? Uh, I would say it's hard to count. Mm -hmm. Hard to count how many. I think mainly because there have been so few. Right. Um, and you are numerically challenged. Yeah. 
I don't understand the concept of zero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's fair enough. Yeah, that was yeah. um uh who did invent zero? Um was it uh Nero? Am I making that up? Uh-huh. Uh I'm not actually sure, so I can uh, confirm. Yeah, but it came a long time after the invention of numbers and basic math, right? It was a while, yeah. Uh you're one of those. You're a uh you're a flat earther. Indeed. You're an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> I mean, who isn't? And you don't believe in zero. I believe in it. I just don't get it. <laughs> I'm like, what? What do you mean there aren't any? Yeah, well, uh, for my part, I think I maybe had uh, maybe three. Oh, that's great. One was... Were any of them your wife? <laughs> one was my wife. <laughs> we were driving in, um, in the car, I guess, maybe two weeks ago. And her words to me were... You haven't done liars for a long time. Yeah. Um, I guess that could be taken as a, like, phew. Um, is it stopping now? Right, um, that's my interpretation. Right, but I interpreted it as, well, she really needs to hear the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> right, but now with, uh, with hindsight, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. The other one was from a, um, a friend of mine from back in the UK who texted me to say, um, hurry up with the next episode. Nice. And I was like, I'm trying, but but John's always busy with his family. Yep. Uh, in air quotes. Um, you went away, right? Yosemite. Yeah, we were in <clears throat> we were in Yosemite for a week. Nice. Yeah. No. Uh, no internet. It was like a family camp where like families go for the you know for the thing. Uh, and uh, so no internet. But you can go if you go down the road. You can go to a, like a little, like a better place that has internet. A better um, place, <laughs> yeah. Better, better in that they have internet. Um, so one of the, one of the ways in which this better place, I'm assuming, is better, is that the place where we stayed is intentionally like a rustic, bare bones kind of a thing. You stay in a cabin, and the cabin that we stayed in is split. So there's a door, a very thin door, that separates your cabin from the adjoining uh, guests. Our guest. Uh, as near as I could tell from the sounds that the person made, it was a, a single uh, person alone. I don't know why they didn't have family with them. They may have maybe extended family in another cabin. Uh, but at 3.30 in the morning, I was awoken by them uh, coughing and then getting up out of bed. Uh, and there's no bathrooms in these cabins. Uh, so that's why this next part is going to make sense. Uh, then they peed into what sounded like a bucket uh, and they also uh, released, as as you often do, as one often does when they pee, uh, a little toot. Uh, toot toot. So, toot toot, yeah. So at 3.30 in the morning, I was, I was woken up by coughing, urination, and a little fart. Wow. Um, Did you um, immediately um, assume that it was a single person in the cabin next door? Or did you think that it was coming from um, inside the house? Did you think that it was you maybe at first? Uh, I felt confident that it wasn't me because mm-hmm. it's been weeks since I, I peed the bed. Right. Uh, no, no, it's, it's like, there's no, when I say a cabin, I mean a single room. It's just, we're just in our little like nine by 12 or something. Oh. Um, so there, there was no doubt as to who it was, who, who was doing it. Um, and I guess you could have missed, uh, some more biological functions that happened before you were roused from your slumber. Uh, like what? Uh, some finger cracking, some knuckle cracking. It's possible. Um, some some dry heaving. Yeah. Some night terrors. Night terrors, possibly. There are possibly. many things that the human body can do 
at three in the morning. The body makes a lot of noises. Mm-hmm. It's true. Oh, it does. Um, you also went away, didn't you? Mm, I did. Yeah, you went to, I'm going to guess, Delaware. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. My uh, an- annual vacation to the beautiful <laughs> island of Delaware. Yes. Um, I realize that it's not actually um, an island, but it kind of looks like one, right? Every Everything is technically an island. Oh, jeez. <clears throat> Even men? Are men islands, John? Especially. Oh, God. Hmm. Uh, wait, are um, you talking about the Portland trip? It could be. I saw that you tweeted or Instagram something about, but I think you were still at a sports game. It was oh. like <laughs> it was like you were in L.A. as far as I could tell, but you just said that you were somewhere else. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, it's been so long that I had forgotten that that was before we recorded the last episode. Uh, but yes, Lucy and I are fans of Los Angeles Football Club, which is a soccer team, uh, confusingly. And we have some friends up in Portland, and they support the Portland Timbers, the team from there. So it's now become um, a ritual that we go and see them uh, once a year when the game is up there. And then we go and watch the game together, but we sit with our own fans. You don't sit with your friends? No, of course not. Of course not. I mean, we hang out with them for the rest of the weekend, but right, right. Uh, we're going to sit with our people from the city of angels. Uh, aren't, aren't, this is a dumb question. I don't, you know, go to sports games. Uh, people don't just, they're not just interspersed. They can be, but well, um, like in, I mean, most of Europe, then the fans are separated on purpose because of historical hooliganism and sure. Yeah. And troubles. Um, and that tends not to happen in, in major league soccer, but these days as the soccer scene here takes off more and, uh, um, soccer fandom gets more interesting, I guess, then the fans like to sit or stand in groups so they they can sing and wave flags and uh, uh, support, the, uh, support the team in a single unit. And what do they sing? Do they just sing songs about soccer? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we love soccer. Soccer is the best. Soccer, <laughs> soccer, soccer, soccer. Yeah. I love that song. That's great. Yeah, so that's the most popular song. There's a version um, in Spanish as well. Yeah. Can you sing the Spanish version? <laughs> <laughs> soccer 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 no uh um there are songs in spanish yeah that song that i sang is not a real song obviously but there are songs in spanish <sighs> yeah so i traveled and i went there sounds lovely it was nice uh yeah it is a nice it's a nice reason to have a reason to go to a different place for a weekend you know yeah <laughs> are we done uh something happened with with my with my headphones what happened i don't know it just like we finished speaking and then there was a very natural silence <laughs> and from my point of view i was just like oh i guess i guess we've talked about everything we could ever talk about i mean that point will come eventually um it felt extremely relaxing actually oh you wanted to try it again i was like huh i guess we're done yeah um okay Oh, I don't like that. Oh, you don't like it? You still have more to get off your chest? Yeah, I'm not into that. <sighs> Speaking of chests, Alvaro. Uh, <laughs> he never got back to us, right? Uh, I, think he, I think he changed his mind about wanting to take over our podcast. I think he did. I think once he realized um, how much work and skill and flair and charisma 
charm is required to make this show, he backed out. He did. Um, speaking of podcasts, you are launching a new solo podcast called Radio Russell. Oh, <laughs> Radio Russell, I am. Um, can we can we hear a little bit of that? A little sneak preview? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I will play it right now. Great. Keep this frequency clear. Radio Russell. It sounds to me like you are doing some sort of a contest podcast. Is that what that is? Yeah, this is um, um, a contest podcast where um, I do the voice of me as a nine-year-old. Nice. Mm -hmm. it's, it sounds authentic. <laughs> it does. Uh, yeah, so that was a recording that I made when I was nine. And I used to make a series of cassette tapes that I would record and send to my grandmother uh, where I would do a fake a fake radio show that was called Radio Russell. Um, I have a couple. I have one statement and one question. The statement is that that's absolutely super sweet. Uh, the question is, uh, was she disappointed when you stopped sending them, or did you or did you never stop? <laughs> right. Uh, well, I did switch when uh, when my granddad died when I was thirteen, uh -huh. and uh, then I started to write a weekly letter to my. Uh, my grandmother, because I thought that she would be lonely. So the, the radio station shut down. Yeah. And, and it became a newsletter service? Yeah, the radio station completely shut down. Um, I moved out all of uh, the studio um, equipment that I had built up. Uh -huh. uh, and then I converted it into a printing press. And then I started to make a newspaper <laughs> <laughs> uh, for an audience of one. And so you thought that, that an audio recording of her grandson's voice was less preferable than like your 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 uh thirteen year old handwritten scrawl uh there are two things going on here. one is that um I was just making radio Russell for my own amusement, and so it was never for your grandmother. My grandmother was often on like the receiving end of my schemes uh, yeah. um because I was an only child, so I would just play I would just play by myself and I was always coming up with with like clubs and like membership things and uh like nightclubs nightclubs yeah many schemes uh yeah like club 1830 holidays 
that type of thing. No, I know, there was this one time that I had a bird club and the aim was for me to collect the bodies of dead birds and then to bury them in my backyard. And how many did you do that to? Well, I think that my Wait, grandma... Were you, were you just finding dead birds or were you making dead birds? Um, I was asking people... To kill birds and bring them to you? Uh, that's their choice. But I was just asking uh, for the corpses. Who were you asking? Just listeners of the radio show? No, this wasn't a radio show. This was just... Um, I used to make like a monthly a bird magazine that was just like some stapled, uh, some stapled together pieces of paper that I would then mail to my grandmother. That's called a zine. A zine, as I, yeah. um, as I came to learn when I became cooler when I was 25. Um, but then one day my, my mom found that I had stuck um, a sign on the inside of our front window overlooking the street that asked the neighbors to bring <laughs> all, the, all the dead birds that they found to <laughs> our front door. And, you know, you should have been asking cats because cats love to do that. <laughs> I know. I, looking back, it's a huge mistake. So how many dead birds currently are buried in that backyard? Um, as far as I know, I don't think I buried any because I don't... You, you didn't bury them? You just kept them? Yeah. Um, I kept them. I ate them. Wow. I think the neighbors realized that, uh, that I was um, a small child and they should not honor the public <laughs> request that I had made. Yeah, that's unfortunate. And yeah, so the reason, yeah, so I think that I was just making Radio Russell for me, yeah, but to make it real, then I felt like I had to send it to someone and that person was my grandmother. But then I think I stopped doing it because I became a teenager and much more self-conscious and yeah. uh, would not do that. But then the letters uh, that I started to send when I was 13 were for her. That's lovely. So it's not, that, that was not your new podcast that you're doing, your new solo podcast? No. <laughs> yeah, that was not the new solo podcast, unfortunately. Although I guess I could repurpose these tapes and, and just release them on a weekly basis. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know why you haven't, actually. Um, I was clearly um, a genius at inventing games and quizzes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the popular pick a number game from one to ten. It's a pretty, it's a pretty brilliant game. Like I do like uh, that at that point in my life, my definition of like the ultimate prize that could be one was was a red Ferrari. Uh, was a pink Ferrari. Wait, red or pink? I thought I thought you said pink in the thing. I mean, I mean red. Oh, I said red. I, that's what, it's really hard to tell through that thick accent. I know. Yeah. Um. I also had a strong accent from Gloucestershire. Yeah. Where I'm from. And I still mostly had that accent until my early twenties. And then you got rid of it because you you became cool. Uh. Well, I have. I had just moved around a bunch of different places and then it slowly or quickly eroded. It wasn't from your time working on the construction site? <laughs> on the construction site? Well, that <laughs> was that story that was, I was false, but uh, with partial, with partial <laughs> truth, the partial truth, yeah, was from like 2005, which was, uh, was about when I left the UK. Oh, okay. How do you feel about Radio Russell as a, a body of work? Well, knowing now that it was not done out of kindness for your grandmother and more done to entertain yourself and that she was the victim, uh, I, don't, I don't feel it's as charming as it was to me originally. <laughs> there was one time that she recorded on the other side of the cassette and then sent it back to me. Oh, yeah? And I think she just plays on like a very small, early electronic organ that she had. And she played 
um, a small song, and that was um, her contribution. And I remember feeling very let down that she um, had not included more more banter. <laughs> uh, it would have been really passive aggressive if she had just recorded over your recording. Right. Yeah. So there is, you know, she had she was conscientious enough to to flip the tape over. Yeah, she knew uh, the importance um, of archiving the uh, the early works of the greats. Yes. <laughs> do you think that song that she sang? Do you think you'll sing that at your next soccer game? The song? No, she wasn't singing. It was just oh, an, just piano. Yeah, it was just an instrumental song. Oh, are you even sure that that was her doing that? It could have been anything. It could have been. It could have just been a recording. She just taped it off the radio. Um, it did sound like the organ that she had in her house. Yeah, but, but come who on. knows? Who knows? You're right. My entire childhood has just come crumbling down. Yeah, that's what this podcast is for. <sighs> Sorry. We should move on. We should. Should we tell our stories? Who went first last time? I don't know. Nobody can remember. I mean, you seem to keep very careful track, so. I'm very sing-songy today. Uh, I have a story that I'm anxious to tell you. Oh, God, go on. I, uh, this one, I think, is going to be a good one for you. A belter? It's going to be a belter. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. Was that your Sling Blade impression? Oh, sorry. Uh, yes. Did you ever see Sling Blade? Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Are you um, dr- <laughs> <laughs> you're drinking during our podcast? Uh, well, um, I thought um, I'd given you the floor to tell your, <laughs> your story. So I thought so I had... Thought, a, I'm not even going to bother listening to John. I'm going to go off and drink a beverage. I thought I had um, at least five seconds to have a, a big gulp, a chug <laughs> or a slurp. Well, you were wrong. But no, every time I started to drink, you uh, you pop back in with another question. No, um, I've never heard of yeah. those words that you said. Okay, anyway, here's my story for you, Russell. Uh, can I drink now? Do whatever you want, I don't care. I'm perched. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. When I was a child, uh, one year for Christmas... Uh, I bought my mom's boyfriend as a Christmas gift two packs of cigarettes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, you still have not told a lie on this show, <laughs> and I <laughs> and I fundamentally believe you are incapable of doing so. <laughs> well, we're gonna find out. How does that sound? Right. So you're claiming that your mom had a boyfriend. Yes. Mm-hmm. How long was she with? Uh, this person? Uh, I would guess maybe like 10 years. Right. So for nine or 10 different holiday seasons. Hmm? Uh, for nine or 10 different holiday seasons, like you had a Christmas together for nine or 10 times. Probably, yeah. So, you know, roughly. Mm-hmm. Can you remember which one it was that you bought him these cigarettes? Like what year that was? I mean, not the calendar year, but like how far through the relationship was it? Was this like the first Christmas uh, that they were together? Was it like year ten? Was it? Uh, it was. It was comfortably far into the relationship. Right. So you knew each other. Correct. And can you remember what you had bought him in prior years? No, no idea. I was I was young, so maybe I didn't buy him anything. Maybe this was the first year that I was going to buy him something. Mm. You know, I wanted to make sure it was good. Was he a smoker? He was. Mm. And how many packs did he smoke a day? I don't know. I have no idea. Right. Um, I'm just trying to get a handle on... Um, how, mu- how much of a gift that was? Yeah. 
you know, how valuable. I'm mean, like, if you know that he uh, he smelled like five packs a day, then this is is a kick in the gut. Right. You know? <laughs> if he, uh, I'm a kick in the lungs, I guess. If he just smoked a pack a week, then yeah, yeah uh, that's a nice gift. Why did you think that he could not acquire his own cigarettes and he needed a child to buy them for him? Uh, I didn't think that. I, I mean, he can buy his own, but it's a Christmas gift. You want to get something for somebody that they're going to like. Mm, I guess so. I mean, I buy a sandwich every day. I guess <laughs> if I got a sandwich for Christmas, it would be strange. <laughs> but from a young John, I guess I guess it, um, it could be nice. Yeah. Uh, well, was he pleased with uh, with this gift? Who wouldn't be pleased with a couple of packs of cigarettes? <laughs> Who wouldn't be pleased? Yeah. Uh, he was a smoker, so that does roll out everybody that, uh, that definitely would not be pleased. Right, yeah. He was like, this is great. I smoke these. Yeah. And um, it was his brand? Uh, yeah. Um, like, it was at least equal to the brand that, uh, that he preferred. Equal or better. Yeah, I probably, I probably knew the brand, or I probably asked my mom, you know, what kind should I get him? You knew the brand? Were you a smoker at this point? No, no, no. I mean, I was a secondhand smoker. Right. And you can't remember how old you were? I would guess I was like 10, maybe. Wow. So roughly the age of Radio Russell, Russell. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Hmm. But instead of having a radio station, I had a cigarette delivery service. <laughs> it is. I mean, I haven't just heard my adorable young voice, <laughs> uh -huh. which is still ringing through my ears. Um, it's hard to imagine me at that age even knowing what a cigarette was. Yeah. And how did you get these cigarettes? What was the legal age for purchasing them at that point? Oh, I imagine that the legal age was older than me, mm -hmm. but uh, I went to the store where they knew me and they knew my mom's boyfriend and they let me buy them. Yeah, that was the same thing that happened um, in small town England, at least in the 80s, maybe even the early 90s, that uh, the legal age was 16. Yeah. But I think if you just went into the the store, the shop, and said like, "Yeah, like my my dad is on his bedridden and he, he needs <laughs> he needs he his needs cigarettes,", cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, then they would sell them to you, right? Not that I ever did because I have never smoked. <clears throat> okay, so you were able to get them, and why did you think that they would be a good gift? Uh, I mean, because. Because he smoked them. He likes cigarettes. I think I probably asked my mom, what should I get him? <laughs> and she was, she was like, get him some cigarettes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so she knew that you would figure out a way to buy them? I think she said, you know, you can just go to the store and get them. Oh, okay. Yeah. And did you get on with this boyfriend? Uh, that's a British term. It is? Get on. You mean like, did we get along? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are still things that I forget are not from here. Yeah. yeah. Did you get along slash on with this boyfriend? Uh, yeah, he was a nice guy. We got along. Right. Know. So there was nothing because it feels like most of the stories that I have heard from you, if you did a thing like this, then it would be a prank or a malicious act in some way. Right. But this was just um, a genuine from the heart, a 10 year old John gift. Yeah, this is a Christmas time story. I mean, this is the uh, the holiday special of the Liars podcast. <laughs> it is, yeah. So well, uh, well timed. Thank you. And what types of things were you buying for other people um, in your family at this point in your life? 
<clears throat> that's a good question. I don't really remember. I'll tell you, there was one year, and this is not this year, but there was one year where I didn't buy anyone anything. I just gave everybody money. But to make it more personal, I gave everybody $20. And to make it more personal, I drew on the $20 bill and changed Andrew Jackson's face to, in some way, relate to the to the individual individual person's personality. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's cute. I <laughs> uh, was. Um, is there anybody in your family that has the exact personality of Andrew Jackson, and so you, you just left it <laughs> untouched? Uh, yeah, actually, one of my brothers is indistinguishable from, from Andrew Jackson. <laughs> same looks, same policies. Yeah. Well, uh, rough. So, on the face of it, there is absolutely nothing interesting about this story. <laughs> uh. That's fine. There are no rules that the stories don't have to be big or interesting. Uh, they just either have to be true or false. So I mean, I was just taking a cue from every one of your stories, <laughs> <laughs> like the one where you like you had like some sort of accounting error with the government. Uh huh. Well, that uh, that was perfectly themed with uh, your tax evasion stories. <laughs> <clears throat> so, young boy. Buys some cigarettes for boyfriend, for mum's boyfriend he gets on with and who smokes. <laughs> yeah. Young John does nice thing. <laughs> you know, this is where it gets to the point where I, th- like where I think it's probably a lie because you've never told a lie so far. So I think <laughs> you're, you're not good at doing it. And I can't believe that you would get on with a boyfriend of your mum's. And I think that even at the age of 10, you would have um, have been getting a gift that would have um, have like taken a dig at the person in some way. <laughs> you think I'm that cruel? Not in like a cruel way, but just, I mean, like the drawing on the banknotes thing. Like you're always looking for a way just to make uh, the world a, um, a more playful place. Right. I mean, that was, in, in, in fairness, that was just me being super lazy. The cigarettes? No, the $20 bills. Oh, right. But it's, I mean, it's not lazy in the sense that not many people would do that. And it seems fun, I guess. <laughs> One of the people who are still in your life, uh, they like you for that. And like everyone else has just, um, has run away and left you. Uh, <clears throat> I'll tell you, it was not a well-received gift. It was not a well-received gift. The money with the drawings on it now. My, brother, my brothers were like, what the fuck is this? Oh, the money, not the cigarettes. The cigarettes were well-received. Yeah, because he loves to smoke cigarettes. Right. And the money was not well-received. Right. I mean, your family is just not that into you. Uh, that appears to be the case, yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Okay, so young John <laughs> buys cigarettes for mother's boyfriend that he gets on with, who is a smoker, and the gift is well-received. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I think it's a lie. Okay. Well, you're wrong. This is a true story. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I think that it is an interesting story. You you disagree that it's interesting. I think that it's interesting because that's a horrible gift. That's horrible for a mom to be like, go buy my boyfriend some cigarettes for Christmas. That's a bad gift. That's a bad gift idea for a 10 year old uh, to be doing. And the fact that the people at the store knew him and me well enough to sell a 10-year-old packs of cigarettes, I think, also seems a little unbelievable. Right. 
Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I guess that, yeah, like I'm not shocked by that because, yeah, that didn't happen in my family, but um, I can imagine that happening in like families around from where I lived. I'm um, like the corner store that I, uh, that I used to go to to get candy on the way on the way home from school. Yeah, like I know that they sold cigarettes to like 14 year olds. Right. Um. So 14 year olds with bedridden fathers. Yeah, so I guess I missed the point that that part was meant to be shocking. Yeah, I mean that's shocking. It's shocking to me, but if you were if that was ordinary for you, then I could see how it would not be. Yeah, like I was like, yeah, like that's how it was, and uh, I'm in my part of the world at that time too. Yeah, I mean maybe um, it's shocking to our younger listeners. Well, they don't even care. They're just vaping right now. Right, they are vaping. Wait, do we have any younger listeners? No, nobody's interested in us. Uh, no, we're old. <sighs> okay, well, I, <laughs> um, I failed again by not not understanding the basic premise that you never lie. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's totally possible that I have told you lies and then lied about them. Mm -hmm. You did well. I mean, the one thing that we said before we started this show was that uh, we could not lie about if things were a lie or not. I know, but maybe I was lying when I said that. Oh. Okay. There's no way to know. You did say before you told this story and before I took uh, my gulp of water, you said that you were just busting to tell this story, that you could not wait. It was one of the biggest stories that you had had on this show. <laughs> Do you stand by that? Yeah. Good. Okay. That is my biggest, my biggest success so far. It's definitely like the nicest and most genuine thing that you have done. I think it goes it goes along with your uh, Radio Russell. It does. Well, yeah. we've covered tax evasion. Uh, we've covered being mean to people and slapping people. And now we just have adorable stories. That's all we have left. Alvaro was right. Alvaro was right. Um, my family has walked in the door. I know. I can hear them, dude. Come on. <laughs> Put the deadbolt on. Hello, hello, testing. Mm, no. Is, is Johnny hungry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Johnny's hungry. I was just about to tuck into a salad, and I put it back in the fridge. You, you fool. Where were we? Sorry, okay, I didn't finish my food. Um, we should record as if we have not taken a break. Yes, the last thing that I remember mere seconds ago was you buying some cigarettes. Yeah, and it seems like you uh, really just think that I'm a liar, even though I'm not a liar like you. Yeah, um, it does seem like the, uh, the entire premise of the show is just for you to prove <laughs> to uh, the public at large that you're the good one and never lie. Yeah. The, the public at large being uh, your 12 friends who listen to the show. Right. And your two friends. Yep. My turn. Go for it. It's time for Rusty's story. I can't wait. I once joined my school choir, but on the day of our big performance, I was told to play the triangle and not to sing at all. <laughs> 
I hope this is true. I'll laugh it up, John. <laughs> um, what is what is it? <laughs> what song? What, what song were you guys performing? Um, I can't remember. I mean, there was a bunch of songs, but I can't remember what the songs were. And had you just had you just joined the chorus? The choir, yeah. Um, I guess I'm sorry, the choir. Yeah, would you call it a chorus? Uh, I would, because I'm an idiot. It's a choir. Uh, I mean, I had just joined. I think the school had this going for a while, but I just joined a few months before the big annual performance that was happening. And why did you join? What What was the impetus for you suddenly deciding that you wanted to be a singer? Yeah, I had no interest. I think my mom had pushed me into it in a way to like... And I'd be doing more uh, more activities outside of the computer to make mm-hmm. make more friends at school. Maybe um, it's when I was at junior school, which is is that like junior high, middle school? It's the lower one, I think. Elementary. It's between the ages of seven and eleven. Oh, interesting. Well, I guess that's what we have. I guess that's close. Um, and so she pushed you to join, and you thought. Were you disappointed that you were asked to play the triangle or were you excited? Were you like, I'm off the hook? I think I was just confused. I was probably about 10, maybe. Did you know what the triangle was? Were you not good with your shapes? Um, I had never played the triangle before. So I'm not sure if I even had a sense of rhythm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who knew? Um, but yeah, my, uh, the school that I went to at that point was a Church of England school, which is uh, a state-run school. But okay. it is loosely affiliated with a local Church of England church, so it's like it's like benignly religious in the sense that morning assemblies they teach things from the Bible, but only really for like moral lessons. Okay. Um, and there's not really any any like further beliefs pushed other than just you know one love, the world is great, or whatever. Um, sure. But uh, we did also sing hymns in these morning assemblies. And the big annual performance was at the cathedral in Gloucester, which is... That's like a field trip. It's like a field trip. Um, yeah, so Cheltenham, which is the town where I grew up, and then Gloucester. We all, know, we, all know, we all know Cheltenham. We all know and love it. Yeah. And then Gloucester is a city and the county seat. And that has a big old cathedral. So it was quite like a big thing for, um, I imagine that there was a bunch of schools uh, from that level that were, would all go there and, and do it. I made performance for 10 minutes, maybe. I'm not sure. And why, why were you asked to play the triangle? Was it because the, the teacher didn't have faith in your singing ability? Or was she just thought you would just be incredible at the triangle? I think... I think my singing was so bad that when it came to the performance at the last minute, they did not want me to sing. What did they say? What did they say to you? I'm sure that's what you felt. Yeah, I don't really remember what happened. I can remember being in the choir and practicing in my school, and and feeling uncomfortable, but never being told that I was bad <laughs> or a bad right. fit. And then my mom had come. Um, I had come with a, um, another mother from the school who had brought her over to the cathedral um, in Gloucester 
Uh, so she was there, like in the audience, waiting for me. Oh, so this was this was at the performance. They were like, "You're ready to go." Yeah, exactly. And I think we were dressed up in some way, in like a vaguely smart way, in this like grand big setting. And then I just assume I just assume all kids in England are always wearing like little uniforms and ties. Yes, we were wearing a uniform. Um, I had to wear a, a, a school uniform up until the age of 18. Uh, but this would have been you know, some white shirt or smock, I guess. Who knows? Okay. Uh, the way that my mum used to tell it was that uh, she was seated expecting to hear her angelic son uh, come out and sing. And then they brought us all out. And then I was just placed uh, <laughs> off to one side and given a triangle. <laughs> I, I feel this seems, if this story is true, this is a really bad idea on the teacher's behalf because I would assume that no matter how poor you are of a singer, the other children singing would drown you out, whereas deciding minutes beforehand to have you play an instrument that you've never played and have not rehearsed at all seems like more, more of a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I was so bad that I had like no sense of loudness either. Right. Like maybe I was, was turned deaf. Um, I was turned deaf and just loud. Was it a real triangle? Or was it made of rubber? Because the rubber ones make no noise. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, they could have given me like a real triangle and just like a like a wooden stick and something. <laughs> um, so you don't really remember the exact. No one explicitly stated a reason for why that happened. Was your mom? Was your mom just sad and yet again disappointed in you? Was she angry? Did she speak to a teacher? What, was, what were the repercussions? Yeah, I can't really I remember much about it. Like I remember being at the cathedral because it was uh it was like a big day and I doubt yeah. if I had been to the cathedral in Gloucester before. But and I remember just being very confused. Like I feel like it was just at the very last moment that I was just told to play this. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> were you are were you crying during the performance? I can picture you just uh, <laughs> struggling to just, play. <laughs> just I uh, just wailing in a corner. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, but it was um, it was it was somehow known to the wider community that it was because I could not sing. Who who would have known that? The teacher wouldn't tell the kids that. I mean, my mum knew that, and I I, f I feel like all ten year olds pretty much can't sing unless they're like trained. They're all gonna be they're all gonna be more or less equally not very good. I agree that it's hard to imagine that like everybody else in there was good enough to sing and not me. Although, I mean, it wasn't like everyone, I mean, it wasn't like a mandatory activity for the whole year or the whole class. It was just a voluntary after school thing. So right. I think there was probably only like 10 or 15 uh, kids in the choir. Um, it wasn't like a very big thing. So maybe my outsized love for uh, <laughs> for singing may have... Um, have drowned out the average or good singers? Who knows? I think I think to really know whether or not this story is true, I need to hear you sing for me a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think I need to hear a religious song. Go ahead, just, just sing a little ditty about Jesus. Um, <clears throat> Make me a channel of your peace. Okay, you can stop right now. Um, Where there is if, love. If we were in the same the room, we'd do a triangle mm -hmm. right now. Sorry? I said if we were in the same room, I'd give you a triangle. <laughs> Um, I feel, I feel, I feel like this story, you tell it so truthfully, it sounds so genuine, 
I will remember that most of my lies are based on a true thing, but I have perverted it in some way. I know. I know. Yeah. But then also it seems implausible to me that a teacher could be this dumb. Right? Because if you're that bad of a singer, you guys have been rehearsing and the teacher has been listening to you for the entire time. And then to to go and, and to decide, oh, minutes before the performance, I'm going to give this kid, who can't be that bad, a triangle. Thank you. Thank you. Finally, someone said it. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, no one else ever has. Everybody just assumed that was terrible. <laughs> it seems like a really ill-conceived idea. That being said, some teachers are really very bad at their jobs. Uh, so I'm not sure. What did your mom do after this happened? Yeah, I think we just talked about it afterwards. I mean, she uh, she wasn't like upset or disappointed. I was just confused and maybe would not have made the trip, you know? <laughs> <laughs> did you get to keep the triangle? Uh, I never saw it again. Mm. They, they, they probably threw it away. Now, every time I hear that, uh, that ting ting, uh, it brings back the haunted memories of that day. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I want this story to be true. I, I feel, I feel, <laughs> I feel that just because I feel like no one can be this dumb, I'm going to say that it's a lie and I hope that I'm right. The teacher being dumb or? The teacher being dumb, yeah. A, t- a teacher being this bad of a teacher. It is true. Oh my goodness. You have, you have an endless amount of uh, just gut-wrenching stories from your childhood. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't even know. What, is this teacher still alive? Can we speak to him or her? Um, I can't. Well, actually, maybe I do remember her name. Uh, there was definitely a teacher who would play the piano in that school when I was there. So I'm guessing yeah. it was probably her that led the choir. Can you, can let's, let's look up this teacher and then see if we can get her on the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I will look her up afterwards and see if I can contact her and if she has um, any memory <laughs> of this, which might put it in some more context. I mean, like yeah. I always considered that I was probably bad but you know i mean it's a bunch of kids who cares and in like i'm in like the comfortable safe place of the school that she knew in front of nobody then like the threshold of being i'm a being mean or having to uh to break it to me that i was not good enough yeah i was probably not there and so she thought that it would be fine and then we uh we did do a rehearsal before the performance in the cathedral so I imagine that we probably did it, and then I don't know maybe the uh, the tenor of my my voice carried more in the uh, the differing acoustics of <laughs> of God's house. Um, right. I'm not sure. Um, or maybe she just yeah like got stage fright and thought, I'm like, actually I'm like, on the balance of things, he's going to be more embarrassed if I let him uh, him do it than just give him the triangle. No, I think I think this is a I think this is about her. I think she was weak. I think she got in there. She saw how beautiful the cathedral was. She started to think, "Oh my God, this reflects upon me. Right. I gotta cut this kid." Or maybe there was some other explanation entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I mean, it was had you, you had never seen. No one had touched the triangle beforehand. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't remember it being a part. But my memory of this is kind of fuzzy. I mean, I definitely yeah. um, I remember like certain aspects of. 
the practicing at school and then being at the cathedral, but it's largely through the filter of um, of how my mom told it. It's possible. I mean, I mean, do you even know if there was a choir? Maybe it was some other performance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could have just invented the entire thing to cover some other more angstful story. Yeah. God, I hate, <sighs> I hate to think what that story is. <laughs> right. I'm going to wish that I just believed that I was relegated <laughs> to playing the triangle. <laughs> it's like, did you ever see the last episode of MASH? No. Oh, you need to watch it. Did you ever watch MASH? I was aware of it being on, like it was screened in the UK, but I, I think it was screened like very late. So no, I never really saw it. Uh, it's an interesting show. It has it has some good and some bad. It has a laugh track, which makes it almost unwatchable these days. But mm-hmm. um, there are two episodes, the dream episode, which is there's zero laugh track and the dreams are terrifying. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the final episode, which is, which is fairly dramatic. Um, right. You should watch both of those. Okay. I'll do it now. Great. I'll just sit here and wait. With my salad. Okay. Um, well, um, I promise that I will try and see if I can find this teacher. And uh, yeah, it seems interesting to actually know. I mean, maybe there's just a very benign reason that uh, they literally didn't need a triangle and they could tell that I had the best sense of rhythm. <laughs> and so it was actually a promotion. It may very well have been. Uh, a promotion everyone went home asking who was that brilliant boy in the triangle (laughs) (laughs) yeah he cares about the singing what is the what's the term if you play like a someone who plays the flute is a flautist if Mm -hmm. you play a triangle what are you a triangleist what are you yeah sounds very mathematical doesn't it um i don't know i mean is the triangle a real instrument i mean they say it is but it doesn't seem like it Right. I mean, it seems a bit like the recorder. Uh, did you have recorders at school? Um, no, we have one at home here, uh, and I can't do anything with it. Yeah. I mean, it seems like an instrument that is, is like only designed to teach kids instruments. Yeah. But I guess the triangle has a, a role. Yeah. We need to find out what happened. Well, there are so and many you- things to Google. There are, if you can't find that teacher, just find any teacher and then we can ask them what they think happened. Right. I know what they would have done in 1988. Yeah. yeah. Um, it feels, well, um, it feels like the, the ages that you and I were when that episode of Radio Russell was made, when <laughs> the, the triangle incident happened and when the cigarettes were purchased, we were... Uh-huh. All three of us <laughs> were uh, <laughs> of, a, of a similar age. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were, we were living those experiences uh, all in parallel. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's a good theme for the show, I think. Parallelness. Parallelness. Triangularistness. Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> you think we'll do this again? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay. It was a pleasure. It was a pleasure as always. Bye. Bye. Love you.
I love cheese. Cheese is fine. Cheese is good. How's that? 